reconcile us to Father God. Brilliant. So uh, to reconcile us uh, to the Father to God. That's that's a brilliant. Um, the group behind you're also relatively the front. Do you have a reason? It's for everyone. For everyone. Brilliant. Nobody exempt. So simple to understand. Brilliant. I mean, that, I, I heard the front group talking about John 3.16, and that's what the story said. Exactly. Jesus died, uh, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I'm quoting the old school version of this. Um, yeah. so, there are actually many, many reasons you could talk about why Jesus died. You could think about the earthly reasons, you could talk about him being a political threat. You could say that Jesus, the, the Romans had to kill him, the Jews had to get rid of him. He was a threat to their way of life. You could also talk about more divine reasons, like to reconcile man to God. Uh, because God gave him to us uh, to save us. Today we're going to be focusing on just one reason, and that is the reason that's put forward in Gospels Matthew, in Matthew's Gospel, which you just read out. And that is this. On the cross, Jesus was cut off from the Father so that we might enter into the presence of God. In other words, so that we might be reconciled. We can see this because in verse 46, we read those horrifying words which actually celebrate the basis of her prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, Jesus was abandoned by a lot of people that day. Crowd, which we talked about a week ago on Palm Sunday, were cheering for him. They were nowhere to be seen. The only crowds left were those that jeered against them, that either turned against them or they ran away. And in these dark words, we hear that even God had abandoned Jesus on the cross. God had abandoned him, cut him off, and left him to die. And we have to ask that question, why? Why did this horrifying thing happen? Why did the Father let the Son suffer such mockery, like we just read, such physical violence? And not only that, divine abandonment on the cross. And why did the son actually put himself through that? Because the context is clear. If you read the bits around what we've read today, it's clear that Jesus let this happen. He didn't even defend himself at his own trial. And in verse 50 to 51, we start to see a clue as to why. It says, Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. Now the symbolism of that can sometimes pass us by, um, but let's think for that, about that for a moment. The Jewish temple at the time had a curtain which separated a place called the Most Holy Place from the Holy Place. Not very original names, but there we go. Now, the most holy place was somewhere you simply did not go. You weren't allowed to go unless you were the high priest. And even then, you could only go once a year and there had to be loads of sacrifices to make it happen. You just could not go into the most holy place. And the curtain that separated the most holy place from the holy place was a curtain that signifies a separation between God and humanity, between his presence and his people. Humanity simply to the barrier was there one moment is now God. And humanity is now welcome in God's presence. As Jesus is cast out, humans are. Therefore, we see that our places have been switched. We who are far away from God can now come close 
And Jesus, who is close, must now go far away on the cross. Now, it is a very, very dramatic story to see that happen, to read about it, to, to hear the sounds of the cross. But to truly understand what happens, to understand why that switching places was necessary, we actually need to look a bit further into the Bible. And there are two great passages which help us understand this. They are 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21, and Isaiah 53, 4-6, which should appear here. Now at this point, I'd like you to do a little bit more work for me. So everyone who's on this side of the room, I would like you to look up 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21, if you can. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can just Google it on your phone, and it'll come up on Bible Gateway. And you might also have an app you can use as well. And, and on this side, I would like everyone to look up Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6. They've already seen this week. Testament reflects. 
The thing about both these is that even though you guys would have read different verses, you both would have essentially got the same message because they say the exact same thing. On the cross, Jesus took the punishment for our sins so that God and humanity could be reconciled. There's that word again, reconciled. Both of these verses explain the mechanics behind what happens on the cross. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says that he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says a very similar thing. But God made Christ never sin to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. In both of these verses, we see the reality that the sins of humanity deserve judgment. Our wrongdoings demand justice. But Isaiah 2 Corinthians tell us that Jesus stepped forward so that justice might be fulfilled, but so that we would not have to take that punishment ourselves. Jesus is cut off from the Father so that we can enter into God's presence. The curtain is torn down and is torn into two, and the barrier is no longer there. And today on Good Friday, you take a moment to stop and to consider the wonder of that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. God together, yet here, so that we might have the opportunity to know them. The Son voluntarily takes on the anger of the Father, voluntarily takes on the punishment that we deserve, so that justice might be done without a drop of our own blood being spilled. The sinless, the kind, the gentle Jesus, God on earth, steps forward to take the most ghastly of punishments so that we might have the opportunity to know God. Now for me, I think there are a few people who put it better, uh, the emotion behind that, than the hymn writer Charles Wesley, who wrote this. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be, that thou, my God, should die for me. Now in verse 30, 46 we read that the curtain has been torn down. To put it another way, a door has been opened, and through it lies God, and a God who is eager to know us, to love us, and to journey with us in our lives. And that leaves us with a question. Will we walk through that door? Now the barrier is gone, now access to God is available. Will we make use of it? There may be some people who have come here today not feeling like they know God, never having walked through that door. Well, let me challenge you today. Why not consider it? Consider the great price that was paid by Jesus so that you can have access to God. I wonder, why not check it out? But I think for most of us here today, you've come here this morning as people who do actually know God. So you might think, well, is this that relevant to me? I know this story. I've been hearing it every single Easter for decades now, or for, for years. Well then, let me ask you this. If you have access to God, why do you hover so far away from Him? Why do you struggle on your own? Why do you live on your own strength? do your own thing? Why don't you live like the barrier has been broken? Do you not know 
that the door has not only been opened, but you've walked through it and you're in the same room as your God. Your God is close by. So I challenge you to live like this. Come and enjoy the fullness of his riches. Go to him, because there's nothing stopping you now. And with the band lights on. I'm going to close with some more words from Charles Wesley from the very same hymn as before. Uh, in that hymn, it was actually written this very same year that he became a Christian, and he describes the moment when he walked through that door, when he became a Christian. He says these words, and as I read it, why don't I bow your head to make it a, a prayer and a, a moment of reflection. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amen.